Hello, and welcome to The Apathy Project, a conversation where we reevaluate the theology and practices of conservative evangelical churches in order to strengthen the local assembly and preserve biblical authenticity. I'm Gabriel Hammonds, and today I'm joined by Joel Willoughby. Joel has been a deacon at my church and the college group leader, as well as a close friend. Joel, why don't you tell everyone a little more about yourself? Sure thing. Yeah, I'm uh, married to Beth. I have four kids, two boys, two years apart, two girls, two years apart, and uh, 11 to 9, 3 and 1 there. And so that's a, that's a big blessing. Um, living here in Iowa for now, let's see, uh, it'd be 11 years now. And um, that's the first place I've lived more than four years because dad was Coast Guard and stuff. So um, we came here to go to Faith Baptist Theological Seminary. That's why I moved and I just stayed. Uh, taught seven years at a uh, local Christian school, junior high and high school Bible classes. Um, have my own uh, ministry that I founded called Brains and Bibles just to help put those two things together for churches, uh, the person and word of God, to know them better. I like to say the mind is the engine of the train. And so how can you love someone you do not know? So I try to help them uh, with that academic portion uh, of loving God, that, that sort of a thing, uh, just strengthening, equipping churches mainly. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And I'm grateful to be here. I appreciate your friendship, and I appreciate uh, what you're doing here with this podcast, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, that's been it's great. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, he has agreed to come and talk with me on a, the topic of music. So mm-hmm. it's... Um, very integral to the church and uh, how we worship. So there's a lot to be said about it. We're not going to cover everything. It's going to, it would be far too much. (laughs) Right. It'd be far too much. We'll probably come back and talk more about it at a later time. Um, I'm hoping that Paul will be able to join me next time. And, uh, but for now, we're just going to kind of cover some of the basics. We want to kind of break down a music definition. Boy, is that hard. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're going to give it a shot, and then we'll talk more of biblical theology of music, bring out some observations from scripture, and move on to a systematic or practical theology of music, and then we'll just kind of discuss some of the more modern um, issues that we see in the church, maybe some terminology disputes. We'll see. All right. Sounds like fun. So I want to start with my definition of music still rough around the edges but we'll see what we can get Uh, music is a combination of multiple sounds which form melody and rhythm in a way which communicates something to the listener Hmm. i originally i had harmony in there but not all music has harmony especially if i'm part of it so (laughs) (laughs) right we hopefully it is in harmony with itself right it has kind of a structure to it that is that's reasonable and makes sense. Yeah. Um, but harmony as in two different parts put together. Uh, Paul mentioned to me earlier that he had some other thoughts on that, but we'll save those for when he's here. So to define melody, right, because I use those mm. melody and rhythm. Melody I have is a, a variety of notes which come to come one after one another, which, which often have repeated themes. The main substance of the music is usually the melody. It drives the emotions and tells a story. Uh, Rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of sound. Mm. Uh, It's the organization of the music and time. It can have a large effect on how the melody affects the emotions of people, things like that. So that's kind of my definition of music. It's in progress. Mm. What are some things? What are some definitions for you? 
Well, I, I think I would like to use the phrase organized sound, uh, but it can't just be that because that could even be human speech, right? So mm-hmm. um, there does have to be a lot of those elements that you're mentioning, like melody and rhythm. Um, I am not a musical guru by any means, um, but I would say that a big part of music, because it can be a lot of things, like when you really start to dive into it, it, it gets a bit complicated. Uh, so I think a, a key portion is not just organized sound, but uh, with, a, with a certain purpose. Um, and I, I do think it's uh, organized specifically with those elements you mentioned, melody, rhythm, harmony, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that one's not always so. Uh, but like how, I like how you handled that with, with harmony. Uh, I'm, I'm still, it's, it's a work in progress for me. Um, and I, I hope to have something more concrete down the road. Uh, but it's one of those deals where I thought, this is going to be pretty easy to define music. We'll start there. And then it seems like hours went by. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so now I think I'm, uh, you know, slightly, uh, well, not worse off. I'm better off, but, but, yeah, there's just more to know. There's more to know than I thought. Absolutely, and that's, that's almost always the case when it comes to the Word of God. You know, yeah. everything's more complicated than we originally think. You know, there, here's a thought for you though. As I went through this stuff, I thought, you know, it may be hard to have a concrete definition because it is such an abstract thing. Um, but the deal is, is you know music when you hear it. Mm-hmm. If you say, I'm going to compose music, no one's in argument with you. Unless you're one of those eccentric uh, intellectual composers that are going to do something like silence. You know, the one guy does like his gestures on and off the <laughs> stage and stuff. And okay, we're not, we're, we're going to exclude that kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, people have taken it pretty far, you know. I mm. think... You know, I, I think just from, not from like a scientific or substantial position, but just from like, this is how I feel. Honestly, I question sometimes whether or not like things like screamo or like harsh <laughs> vocals are actually music. Mm. They, they seem more like violent expressions of emotion mm. than actual music in some cases. I, you know, I've wrestled with that. And I, I think what I've settled on is it can, it can be called music with, with the going to the etymology, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, to use the big fancy phrase, the proto, you know, was it proto-Indo-European root, right? What that means, we, we don't really know. It's some language before that we don't know. <laughs> That's what that means. And so, they, you know, people try to sound a little smarter than they are sometimes. But um, uh, so it, you know, basically it's just to think. Is the idea to think? You know, the Greek is you know, the muse. You know, that sort of thing. There's some mythology with that, uh, but the idea is to think. And so, what you're doing, I think, ultimately, you are using elements. Um, well, I'll just keep, I'll just, I'll be consistent here. Melody, rhythm. I'll, I'll just say those things there. You know, you're using elements like that, and your voices, instruments, and/or that kind of a thing. And you are teaching something. You are. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fundamental idea of music is there's teaching going on. Um, you are uh, like an admonish that mon part is that same root um, and what are you doing there you're, you're giving them uh, at least supposedly right thinking you might be wrong yourself right you know but right. that the intention is let me warn you cause you to remember you know th- things like that I want to teach you something get you to think about something um, whether it's right or wrong whether it's you know true or false um, but that's the intention there so even with like the screamo type stuff uh, I, I think that they are trying to get you to think. 
mm-hmm. um, it's just not positive things. Right. It, it, it typically it's things that you shouldn't be thinking on, as Philippians four gives us a pretty clear idea of the things we should be thinking on. Right. Um, and, and so that that's where I would I'd say okay, you can call it music, but it's not the kind of music that I should have in my life. And that's where it gets a little controversial when I start to say things like that, right? And uh, I know there's lots of people that would disagree with me, but right. um, we have to be careful about our inputs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know off the bat what I think about the idea of it teaches you something. I think I would probably not hesitate with certain things, but I would say that certainly all music communicates. Uh, sure. It's a communicating factor, right? And it communicates more effectively in some ways than just verbal speech does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it incorporates, I think, a, a more emotional, a more integral part of the human ability to communicate just like a picture can communicate um in ways that words can't Mm -hmm. so anyway i think that's a that's a good start yeah um why don't we dive into the bible see what we found some observations some scripture to kind of narrow down our perspective on music um i can start if you want good sure uh so i was looking at a couple verses the first one that I kind of stumbled onto was First uh, Chronicles fifteen twenty two, with uh, Janiah is made the director of music and he's uh, a Levite and it was because he understood it, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the Levites were primarily, I, I think maybe even exclusively, the ones that were directing music in the Old Testament with regard to God, and he was chosen because he understood it. So there is. There is musical understanding, and there are people who understand it more than others. And so that was kind of a foundational thought that I thought was helpful to bring to the forefront when it comes to music. Uh, some people just have a, a, perhaps a poor understanding of music, or at least varying degrees of understanding of music comparative to other people. I definitely am on the lower end of the dream pool, <laughs> <laughs> to quote Uncle Scar from Lion King. The sure. lower end of the dream pool, or the shallow end of the dream pool. How you that? Okay. <laughs> I have a, I have a little exposure. My wife plays violin, has been for over twenty years, and I play violin for eleven years and guitar for going on seven years. I think. I didn't know about the violin part for you. Yeah, when, That's interesting. When I was in Maryland, I I played violin. Mm. Uh, so you can see, there's uh, we're in my living room right now. There are two violins up on the wall. And yes. one of them is my wife's, one of them is mine. I just assumed they were both Brenna's. That's that's amazing. I learn something every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So I do I do have some exposure to music. I uh, and not so much the theory, more just the playing of music. But I did I was surrounded by the culture of music a lot, uh, specifically like I would say uh, classical music. Played a lot of classical mm-hmm. music, but I also like growing up like CCM a lot. We'll get into that a little bit more. But anyway, so... Sure. You know, to play off what you said there, cause they, they understood the music. Um, there, There is a level of skill um, that that is... You know, we, we don't just do something half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't just throw things together. Uh, God has designed us. He's given us all a certain capacity in certain areas. Um, I think just about everything can be taught, but we have different uh, heights of a ceiling. <laughs> um, I think maybe a fair way to say it. I, I think of Psalm 33.3, and uh, it says, Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. It's that skillful idea, right? So um, I think it's really great 
Um, and then, you know, it's, it names all these other instruments and things. And, and you think of it even just uh, in Genesis 4, I do believe it is, uh, when it talks about, you know, Cain's you know, lineage and they're creating these instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, just the amount of intelligence they had back then so early on into human history and to understand even the physics and things of it. And so I think, I think there's a lot going on and God wants us to discover these things. He, he has created all these things, even the laws of physics, um, for our enjoyment, for our pleasure, to actually, I think, even to have a higher capacity to glorify and worship him uh, properly. Uh, so I think it's all involved there. So I, yeah, that's really awesome. Sure. Um, I think the the majority of the music that we see in the Old Testament is used. Uh, it's it's usually conducted by a conductor. Um, you see that in the Psalms, and oftentimes you'll see this in the what they call you know ver- verse zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know to the uh, to the director of music. Yeah, a, a makil or something like that. These words we don't understand. <laughs> right. Um, but that there were people who conducted the music, and obviously the psalms are a large part, a large portion of the Definitely. music that we see. There's a lot to be garnered there, and we obviously don't have time to get into all of that. But um, you also see in like Exodus 15, Second Chronicles 7, 6, if you want to look at these, um, Psalm 101, uh, Isaiah 38, 20, that people used instruments to praise God and give thanks for his many gifts. That was that was the primary use um, that I've been able to see as I yeah. did word study on music and um, as we see how it was used by the people of God, it was primarily to to praise him. I meant the first one I mentioned, Exodus 15, would be when they are on the other side of the Red Sea and they've just been saved from 400 years of captivity and God has done the miraculous time and time again to prove that he cares for them and so they are just they're overwhelmed and you have their song recorded there that they are praising God right absolutely that's awesome and you know you have to think like uh, what was amazing is you know the very first instrument God created it it was you know the human voice right mm-hmm. so it's uh that we, we are kind of a living instrument ourselves. Uh, music is a big part of how God's created things. And you even think of uh, the sounds that he has created animals to make that kind of make a sort of music, uh, not the same sense. But um, there's, you, know, you, you sit outside and the, there's, there's sort of a, um, maybe I'm misusing the word, maybe a sort of a melody out there, uh, um, or at least a rhythm. Right. It would seem like it. Yeah. It would seem like and it. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, yeah. Were you, I don't know if you were done there or not with that thought. Um, well, I, I mean, like the kind of the counterpoint to that would be that music was also used to worship other gods. Oh, sure. So you see in Daniel oh, yeah. chapter 3, verses 4 through 5, this is the most, I think, the most obvious example of this. It says, then... Uh, the herald made a loud proclamation to you, O peoples, nations, language groups. The following command is given. When you hear the sound of the hort, flune, zither, uh, trigon, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, yes. you must bow down and pay homage to the golden statue of King Nebuchadnezzar as that he has erected. And, um, I mean, music was 
used for the worship of other gods. And so it's not just something that has been used singularly for what you might say are uh, appropriate, but also inappropriate worship. Absolutely. And just a reminder that everything God has made is good. And then, you know, what is sin, right? It's that perversion of it or absence of it. Uh, And in some case, I know there's lots of different definitions you can make there, but uh, just an idea. So once again, music, something that is a good thing that God has made a reality. It's one of those things, too, where I think that that it's probably um, something that never really had a beginning, I would assume, with uh, the Trinity, three persons, and there could have very well, there's no evidence of it, but there very well could have been some sort of a singing there. Um, just a kind of an, an interesting thought as we muse <laughs> through these things, uh, to use the root there. Uh, but, you know, of course, once again, nothing definitive, but I don't know. Seems like maybe there's something there. Um, thinking through your more scripture that has uh, purpose for music, um, and I, 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 there's so much in scripture, Old and New Testament. Here, just to take a moment to focus on the New Testament because it's a little bit more of um, uh, more of the nuance of where we're at today. Not not that those things are discounted in the Old Testament. I think there's that's the foundation and it's true. And then there's just things that are built on top of it, mm-hmm. uh, such as even with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, uh, something that is new. And so I think of, there's two passages really that, you know, that Paul wrote them both, and they kind of play off of each other here a little bit. Uh, but in Ephesians 5, and then also Colossians 3, um, and so I'll be a little more specific here. So Ephesians 5, um, you know, where do you start, right? You know, once you look at a verse, you think, well, maybe I'll include these few verses, and then, you know, the whole chapter, and then we'll have to start the beginning of the book, right? So we got to stop somewhere. So uh, verse 18, it says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. This is, of course, ESV. I'm an ESV guy. So uh, it says, But be filled with the Spirit, capital S, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, what's really cool there is you have already an illustration of, you know, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? You know, that can be kind of a hard thing. Um, but then it gives a contrast, you know, don't be filled with the alcohol, that sort of a spirit. Uh, look how it guides and has some control over you, a bit of an authority over you, if you will. You're a slave to it in a sense, you know, uh, that kind of a thing. But no, it, it should be that way with the Holy Spirit, of course, in a positive way for all those things. And of course, I always say, you know, how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? It's like um, if I have a mug of coffee and I always drink it black. Well, once in a while, I throw some cream and sugar in there. It's like a dessert. But normally coffee, I'll drink it black. And so I always, you know, say if someone bumps me, then what comes out? You know, nothing but coffee. Why? Because that's what it was filled with. And so uh, when life squeezes you and bumps you around, uh, what comes out? Well, if you're mm-hmm. filled with the Spirit, it's the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> that's right. what comes out, right? And so but here, it's like a recipe almost. I love this. It's, it's a parallel passage in Colossians 3, but you have those little participles, not to bog people down with, you know, too much grammar here, but I know... Gabriel and I, uh, we don't mind at all. We love these sort of things. Um, but, you know, being filled with spirit, so then you have that addressing, the singing, right? The submitting, those sort of things. So you say, how do I get filled with the spirit? Uh, you know, you go to Galatians 5, you know, keep in step with him, right? But then here you have this sort of thing. And so psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I'd be interested. I, I have an idea. But have you, have you considered... The, the distinctions between those three categories or how would you look at it? Maybe you look at it completely different. 
Um, but you have the three things that it has there in verse 19 of Ephesians 5, addressing one another in Psalms 1, hymns 2, spiritual songs 3, that sort of a thing. Uh, do you see that as a list? Do you see that as maybe circular? What do you think? Or like parallels? Yeah, I don't, I don't know entirely. Um, what I would say, I've heard. I think you, you, I. If I'm oh. correct, I think I've heard that you you mentioned before that you think they're different things, correct? I, I do. Yeah. And you go ahead and tell me what what okay. are, what are yeah, the cats uh, out of the bag now? Um, so now once again, this is this would not be a hill I would die on mm-hmm. <laughs> by any means. It does seem to me though to be a list, uh, which would be three distinct things. Um, I think that there could be some overlap there, but um, how I would look at it is Psalms is inspired music. So it's scripture, okay? It's inspired of God. That's, that's a whole other level. Hymns would be, it's not inspired like scripture, um, but it's music derived from inspired scripture. Uh, so I read, I read something in you know Genesis, and I get so excited about how God created, and so then I compose. If I was of such a skill level, mm-hmm. I, I compose this music that helps people understand and gives praise to God appropriately, things like that. And then spiritual songs, you know, that's I think the trickiest one. Um, and how I would say it is this: that. Um, and, and once you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which is when this is the timeline that we're talking about here, um, I think there's a moment there where the, the Holy Spirit in you, you're walking with him, um, things are being done correctly. And as a kind of on the spot, just in your own personal walk, you just kind of have a, a little song that comes out. Not necessarily four verses in a chorus, right. um, but some sort of a, a, a tune. You just kind of sing his praises. Um, and so it's this spiritual, as in the source of the song, is just of the spirit. So there's, you know, as you would know, um, with the, the syntax, use a fancy word, there is several ways to, um, you know, identify the use of that word there and how that's used. So that's, the, that's where I think there's a lot of disagreement because there is options. <laughs> so what do you think about that? I don't have a problem with that. Oh. I think I think there's you didn't expect me to agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't have a problem with that. I also wouldn't be dogmatic. I wouldn't die on this hill. I think that it's important to emphasize that people on the other side of the argument who might disagree with you couldn't also be dogmatic because it really isn't contextually um, so clear that we can be assertive about it. I think that certainly you see those three types of things, maybe not the third one so much. People tend to be more reserved, especially in the Baptist circles. <laughs> you might see in the charismatic movement more of that kind right. of what you described as just like an outpouring of the Holy Spirit into singing, especially yeah. if it were to be something original. <laughs> but yes, I, I do try to be careful with my wording there because I... I I would not want to get confused with uh, what what has been labeled in the past uh, charismatic chaos, you know, kind of an idea. Um, uh, yeah, abuse of such uh, certain things. So, uh, but I would I would try to make a distinction with that as well. And honestly, I don't have even an illustration to say. You know, I, I think there's been times in my life where um, 
I, I get so happy and kind of just uh, giving thanks to God. No one's around. <laughs> and uh, maybe my syllables got a little elongated. <laughs> you know, was sure. that was that what that was? You know, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's but it's interesting because we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit, and He goes, "This is how." Um, so I don't think though we're totally lost though, because I think if that's the only thing you're missing <laughs> out of all of that, you know, above all, giving thanks always for every, you know, nail that one down first, <laughs> right? right. Let, let's do that stuff first. Submitting to one another and out of reverence for Christ. Wow. Okay. So before we get hung up on how do we address each other in this musical way. Maybe let's just figure out the giving thanks and the submitting parts first, because that's you don't need any fancy linguistic work to figure that one out. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I definitely am a strong advocate of of I hate I hate using this as, as a as a phrase because I feel like it gets misconstrued mm. by whoever's you know, interpreting it, but major on the majors, minor mm. on the minors. Sure, sure. You know, obviously people have different ideas in their head about what's major and what's minor. So, mm-hmm. uh, but more objectively, I, I think you can say definitively that whatever God commands is a major, right? We, right. We, that's, that's a major. You can't, if you disagree with me on that, <laughs> we're not going to get very far. Yeah. So as far as the word of God is concerned, definitely when he commands, that's what you should be focusing on first. And if you don't have that in order first, then what are you doing? <laughs> right, right. What are you doing? So, of course, then to just to speak a, to speak above some and speak to others for just a moment. Uh, but then you have the participles with the imperatival force. Yeah. In other words, um, you have a command. You know, you could say <laughs> there are things that are like a command, like like that. But uh, um, that's just to throw something out there fun for those that would enjoy it. For others that said, what? We'll just move on. That's okay. You're talking about attendant circumstance. <laughs> um, this is definitely something we would, at least in part, I think, disagree on. Um, sure. I think you've mentioned that to me before. Man. Is, you know what? Why don't we save it? Maybe. We'll, we'll save it. We'll okay. save it. Okay. Because we'll, we'll, that'll sure. get too distracting from what we're actually doing here. Sure. I, I uh, was, was maybe slightly, uh, evil's a strong word, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> let me let me actually finish because I don't want to leave. Because if no Go one ahead, knows yeah. about the other verses in Colossians three, was the other passage I was referring to that's kind of parallel. Mm-hmm. And um, if I just narrowed that down to just verse sixteen, um, and I think you know seventeen obviously goes wonderfully with it and everything else around it really. But I'm trying to narrow it down. So in, in Colossians three sixteen it says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly." I think that's another way of saying be filled with the Spirit. I, you know, I, even the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ, you know, right? So there's, there's overlap because they are one God <laughs> anyways. And there is, they are in complete harmony, to use a musical term. They are in complete harmony there, right? Um, and so it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And, of course, notice it does say word of Christ specifically. And then, of course, you have those little participles again, right? So teaching and admonishing, that word admonishing there is literally to, you know, put the mind in the right place. <laughs> Is the idea, uh, which is kind of a cool little thing to, to kind of compound word there. Um, so they weren't thinking right, however you want to flesh that out. And so you are correcting their thinking. Uh, so teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And then you have this singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so really it's that kind of that same thing again. And then, you know, of course, that submission there in verse 17, you know, whatever you do, and I know this is kind of a, 
uh, we, we talked about kind of our main verses for, for you know, how we focus. And I, you mentioned, oh, you didn't mention, no, it wasn't this one. It was the uh, Corinthians one, but uh, same idea. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so you have all those things incorporated again. So kind of a cool idea. I think it's worth pursuing for us and your listeners out there a little bit more of what, what could that mean authentically? You know, what did Paul mean by that? You know, because um, that'd be kind of a cool thing to, to pursue there. Well, even the, the word of Christ, we understand was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, we, we identify the different functions or the different, like different actions of the members of the Godhead, but they're obviously mm-hmm. so, like you said, harmonized, or maybe right. even you could say they are so compatible mm-hmm. that their purpose is all, it's all for the same thing. They have yes. a singular purpose. So I agree with that. Um, the first in Corinthians you mentioned is First Corinthians 10.31. Mm-hmm. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And so that's, that's a really good thing to kind of keep in mind. Kind of like the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your, and the second is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Are very good principle commandments that we need to keep in back of our mind when we're considering our practical theology. Is hey, you can have your thoughts and arguments and your considerations about music, but are you are you loving God first? Are you doing it for the glory of God? Are you loving your your neighbor as yourself? With that, um, I think there's more scripture to even consider, but. Since you mentioned it, uh, even the loving your neighbors yourself, you know, how would that play out in this, right? So I think there's several ways that that can play it out. Uh, one, just to, just to repeat what was already been said, um, you are loving your neighbor when you are encouraging them to praise and thank God. Mm-hmm. You are loving your neighbor when you get them to think scripturally, which is that admonish. You know, they were not, now they are kind of thing. Um, that's loving them. That's an uncomfortable conversation, you know, perhaps, but... Um, that's what you got to do, uh, and all those sort of things. Teaching each other, you know, this is all this is all one another. This isn't so. You better expect to receive it, <laughs> um, and if you're not receiving it, you need to get better friends, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know, here and there it should happen. Maybe not a daily basis, perhaps, but um, you know, so that we're loving each other in that way. I, I think you know, even with music, um, you know, to to actually sing songs. So that the people that you are worshiping with, that corporate local body that, that is the church, right? Um, to sing songs where everyone can join in, I think, and I think, you know, try to maybe increase ability and, you know, try new things, teach new things. That's okay. But you should be, you know, roping everyone in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there should always be ways to do that. Uh, you know, with children even, we're not having these complex you know, uh, movements in the music and stuff. You know, we're, we're singing simple songs uh, right. because it's something that they can understand. It's something that they can sing along with. And then because music is the way it is, it actually um, has a way of embedding truth even better in your mind. And then even just doing things collectively, that music collectively uh, helps you to not just harmonize vocally, but harmonize your hearts. Uh, together uh, under submission to God, unified under God, uh, you know, glorifying, worshiping Him in, in one mind, one heart, that sort of a thing. 
Uh, there's lots of things music does like that, and even uh, even sharing emotion. I, I can I can write something to you now. If I'm a really good writer, um, I might be able to stir emotion in you with, with my writing. If I'm a really good speaker, I can probably you know instill some emotion in you. The, the same thing is true with music, but I think it's even more powerful. I think it's even more powerful than than writing and speaking. Um, and I, I think it has a way so that you could actually communicate even all those emotions that David was sharing in the Psalms, um, where he was just in agony, mm-hmm. uh, just in agony, or just, just such bliss. Um, he, he shared all the loneliness, fear, you know, there's all these things. And you notice with all those problems, he always comes back and says, but the Lord is good. Or he'll say, but we praise the Lord, you know. Right. And just, just communicating those truths and having that emotion and, and bonding together in that way. Music does a lot of wonderful things. And to your point of it just being so integral and so, like, embedded in you, have you ever tried to read a verse that you know is put to song <laughs> <Yeah>. without singing <laughs> right. it? Right. <laughs> like, I know. I, know. I like, try so hard. <laughs> I can't do it sometimes. So Micah 6-8 is mm-hmm. a song. And... Uh, I'm not going to sing it now, but <laughs> not a, it's not a music podcast, but we are talking about music. But it's there's a song. You can look it up. And it's every time I read Micah 6-8, I have to I sing it in my head. Or like you might read it, but you read it with like the, t- the intonation of the music. Hmm. So uh, it's hard. To, it's got it hard to root out of you. You have to be really intentional i think i don't i, I might not know that song because when I'm, I'm i'm looking at it i'll share it with you after okay okay all right <laughs> i don't i don't want to sing it right now okay that's fair <laughs> um yeah i think you're right i think with um so we're kind of talking about like corporal worship together um you have some ideas on that i want you to share in a minute but i was just thinking about romans 14 13 through 14 it says, therefore, we must not pass judgment on one another, but rather mm. determine never to place an obstacle or a trap before a brother or sister. Right. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean in and of itself. Still, it is unclean to the one who considers it unclean. Mm. So kind of what you were, you were talking about earlier about how God created things good, but the man contaminates it. Man has has made things has polluted things and so for some people they'll struggle right you don't in the same kind of thought of like maybe you don't struggle with alcoholism you can you can drink alcohol without getting drunk but if you're having someone in your house who does then you want to be conscientious and you don't want to place a stumbling block or an obstacle in front of them the same way in the in the congregational worship you don't want to become you don't want to be the reason why someone else is struggling to join in with worship. Right. So there are so many, so many songs out there that if you guys can't come together and find something that you can come to worship together with, I mean, I'm I'm thinking you probably just haven't put enough time into it to like looking for it is kind of my thought. I agree with that. Or you might want to kind of consider, all right, what are the, what are the hitches? Why, why is there such a wide expanse between what mm. is is acceptable to one person and not the other? Maybe there's some underlying heart condition. My dad always told me the problem isn't the problem. 
which there you go <laughs> there you go now you know but right. no what, what he meant by that was that the real problem is almost always people and i, I say almost always because mm. i i'm not like it's hard to say always it's hard to say always but it really is if i can be so bold <laughs> always people because we are we're depraved and so we are selfish we are unkind we are not patient with one another we don't bear with one another in loving kindness right um the bible is just completely saturated especially in the new testament with verses that promote and encourage and teach unity in the church that should be the main priority right not whatever you want whatever makes you the most comfortable so mm-hmm. when we're looking at you know well i might leave this church because i don't like the music you know maybe you have if you have a legitimate biblical reason that you think the music is hindering worship then you bring that before the church and you find a way to peaceably bring that before other people right yep. instead of just saying well i'm out of here or yeah. i'm going to go you know proselytize this person and this person we're going to come together and yeah. we're going to uh, we're going to attack the pastor or we're going to attack this other person or yep. you know i think that that's i i've been I'm, thankfully i have not seen too much of that in my ministry experience but i know that happens all the time and it was very common in the early 2000s i think for churches to split over music and other things i mean just think about covid recently always seeking unity always seeking peace always bearing with one another in love let love cover a multitude of sins this is the these are the foundations of the faith this is the fruit of the spirit Hmm. not disunity and and strife and uh, enmity so just kind of as a yeah. basis and also if if you know we say something that you agree with maybe this goes it shouldn't it should go without saying but don't use hopefully this podcast to be like go to your friend and be like see listen they said it <laughs> i'm no. right now because someone else said it yeah right no <laughs> no don't do that this is i mean it's a come come at it with the spirit of humility realizing that people people are different have different backgrounds and yeah. experiences and you, you want to be loving and patient you know in first corinthians said it, you know if i speak with tongues of men and of angels and i have not love mm-hmm. i'm a resounding gong or a claiming a clinging symbol yes if i have faith to move mountains if i have this that and the other thing riches whatever but i don't have love what am i i'm nothing mm-hmm. and so just just keeping some of those things in mind with this conversation i know it can be heated i know it can be divisive but you know we're seeking unity up above all else you know there's i, I think there's people that um you know essentially this goes across the board 100 percent of humanity you know whatever you grow up with um if it's presented as normal you know you're from from a baby all the way up and there's something that's consistent then you're gonna, um, you will have a harder time recognizing it as something it was not presented as. In other words, if this has always been presented as good or normal, uh, whatever it is, then you're gonna have a difficult time 
uh, coming out of that because you'll say, what? No, there's no way that everybody was crazy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and I think that's what happens in churches where there is, uh, and this goes across the whole spectrum, so, so don't, um, you know, don't try to isolate this in your own mind, listeners out there, you know. Uh, but the, the idea is if it's, we've been doing it for decades, um, maybe even we're going to sing these same, say, 20 songs, uh, maybe up to 30. And, uh, the, you know, so <laughs> then, then someone comes in and says, you know, hey, what about this? You know, I think, what, you know, what do you check out, right? So you want to see um, lyrics is one thing, mm-hmm. okay? And not just that, is there anything bad in it, but is it good enough? Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too, because you can have something that's really neutral. You're just not really saying anything. Right. Because <laughs> you do want to be building into each other as fellow believers. Um, that's part of it. And then the other part, which is actually most primary, would be to actually accurately describe God. To, you know, when we magnify him, you can't over-magnify God. When we, when we talk about how beautiful he is, you can't exaggerate that. Mm-hmm. You know, not really. Um, and, and so you, you, you have to say correct things and whatnot. And things of substance, I do believe, is good. You know, musical style, though, I think is important. Um, as we've already kind of said, music um, is like this car, and the lyrics is like the guy in the car. And it's what takes those lyrics places. Uh, it's like an emotional vehicle that's taking the lyrics places. And sometimes we have the wrong driver and car together. <laughs> Yeah, I love you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, there's a bit of that, um, and some music is designed to um, stimulate certain emotions, feelings. You know, um, put you in a certain mindset, and so then we have to be careful about what lyrics we attach that to. You mm-hmm. know, um, just to give an example, the you know the old classic rock and roll type stuff. I mean, the reason it's called rock and roll is because what's happening in the car, you know, that, that kind of a thing. It, that, that's the kind of the theme of it. Um, you know, it's just drugs, women, that kind of thing. That's the theme. So then we take that vehicle and we say, let's take this driver that is these godly lyrics and put them together. I think a lot of times, you know, it doesn't quite match well. And right. that's, this is where we're getting to matters of preference here, right? Wow. Um, Stepping on some toes. A yeah, bit, yeah. I, I think there's actually, um, I think it's a little, I think there's some things that are definitely preference. But I think there's not as much preference items as some would believe there is. Um, sure. I, I have a different standard for when I'm worshiping God through music, mm-hmm. which I do want to talk about that too, that worship and music are not just equivalent terms. Right. You know, but uh, worship being the broader item. And so when I worship God through music, I have a higher standard for that music than if I'm just with some kindergartners doing the hokey pokey. Right. You know, that's a put your right hand in, you know. Yep. Um, that's, that's not the same. Uh, and so I, I don't think it's hypocritical. I think it's just um, trying to be effective in, in um, how I would worship properly. But then also there's recreation, I think. God wants us to enjoy things as well. Just have a little fun. Some little, you know, uh, to, to mention things more specifically, right? Like it's a little bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little happy get together, eat some chicken. I don't know. 
<laughs> right. Uh, so, something like that. But See, I, I would think of like, I would think of like uh, European folk music, which is like kind of happy. And actually, you know, Paul, when he's, when he's working and he's picking, you know mm-hmm. what he likes to listen to? What's that? He listens to polka music. Polka? Polka. <laughs> What's well, fun? It puts him in the right in the in the kind of like the <laughs> happy and kind of energetic mood. Yes, and, yes. Yep. Yeah, I, well, I like the old like um, Irish type folk yeah. type stuff. It's good um, stuff. The jigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> good fiddle music. It's good stuff. There's there's a few there's a few places we could go from here. My mind has already branched like ten different directions. I, I have a I have yes. a kind of a thought. That's on... what I was hoping for. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'll bring us back a little bit. Um. Although I'm sure all those branches are probably very interesting, we, we, we'll kind of kind of bring it back a little bit. I have some thoughts on like CCM and him. Those are the kind of like the major. Um, Can you give a definition for CCM out there? That there's some that might be little. They might have different understanding. Yeah, that's a good idea. So CCM stands for Christian Contemporary Music. That would pretty much encompass music that came out in the late 90s early 2000s and it was well i'm I'm gonna describe it i think that a lot of it has i mean you described music before as having essentially two elements the spirit and truth and so the ccm seems to be very high on like spirit and driving of emotions and having like uh almost like an emotional trip Mm that you're going on and you you like your eyes kind of close a little bit and your hands start going up and you start becoming one with the music a little bit and um, not a lot of truth usually pretty shallow that's not always the case there are lots of contemporary or modern artists that i think do a really great job sure um ben everson the galkin evangelical team are modern but they do a great job in my opinion um, Kevin did you, did you go for the Gettys? Kevin Inufuku. I like some of the Gettys. Okay. Um, I think that, so when I'll, I'll get to this, uh, maybe I'll, get, I'll address it now. I think, that, <laughs> I think that some songs have really good content, but they're done in such a way that I don't think is very reverent. Mm. And so when you take their songs, even the notes and everything, but you do it in a different style that's more reverent, I'm totally fine with it. And that's a per- personal position. Sure. Uh, not necessarily. Whenever I say something, Paul is like, just make sure people know that <laughs> it, it, what you reflect doesn't always reflect what I believe. I'm just like, <laughs> I think they get it. It's all right. Well, if, if you would dig, dig a little bit with that one. Um, uh, so with source, source of the song, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think that is something to be at least considered, at least. Um, not necessarily barring use of, but at least considered. So then you have something like, um, just to name names here, uh, Bethel Hill Song. That's the two popular, you know, right? They, they basically are producing most of what is being played in churches today. Um, Casting crowns. Uh, you would lump them together? In some ways, yeah. Okay, and that's interesting. I like, yeah, I like, I like to hear what you had to say about that. So what I uh, to clarify what I mean though uh, with Bethel Hill song kind of thing it's the very much charismatic mm-hmm. stuff and um, if you even go check out websites and stuff you'll see that it's very intentional they're using this music to try 
to get people to come over to their doctrinal positions with mm. uh, the yeah. charismatic gifts and whatnot. So for me personally, even if um, even if I were to, you know, the lyrics pass the doctrinal sniff test, and I think that you know what this this musical arrangement is actually fitting and and good. Um, for me, I, I would still not want to participate in that uh, because of what they're trying to do. And I think hmm. there's doctrinal error there. Uh, and, and so maybe just talk that a little bit and then what you meant by casting crowns to clarify your position, Good, please. Well, I, I think I agree with you. I think intention matters. Um, although I, I run into the issue of like, if I'm going to take everything back to its roots, does that mean that I'm not going to use an iPhone because it was assembled in China by essentially child labor or slaves, you know, there's, you know, I'm not going to use Nike shoes because the backing behind it, you know, I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to go to Starbucks and drink coffee because they're, they're, you know, very openly LGBTQ Mm -hmm. plus supportive. Yeah, sure. Um, so, but you're right in the sense that in music, the purpose, you know, they're not like trying to indoctrinate me with a coffee. (laughs) <laughs> you know, proselytize me with a, a shoe. There's a pretty big difference, I think. I think you're right with Hillsong. Uh, I wasn't entirely privy to the charismatic background of that. I was thinking more of the, just like the kind of impression that I get from a lot of the Hillsong slash Casting Crowns music. There is a Casting Crowns song I recently was listening to because... Um, I remember liking it a lot when I was little. Okay. So the the song that I was thinking of with Casting Crowns was The Voice of Truth. And the part that I was listening to and I was, was kind of bothering me was, this is for my glory. You know, I, I don't think that focusing on our glory is really the, the good, is the right thing to do. We should be thinking about the glory of God. I understand that 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 is actually would be the voice of truth would be Christ wouldn't it wouldn't that be God the voice of truth I mean they're they're personifying the waves you know they're telling me a different you know the voice of truth is telling me a different story it's like I don't know at the very at the very least it's ambiguous and it, and I know that they're trying to draw from the account where peter is stepping out on the waves they're trying and also from david and goliath and talking about having faith and like some of these things are are okay but even like the way they sing it it's like i don't know they kind of sling their voice around like it's on a yo-yo a little bit and it's it's not it's very invigorating but i don't feel like it's very theologically deep it's 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 got cheerleader, cheerleader song, right? You know you're feeling you're feeling down. You got it. Get yeah. It. Um, one that you made me think of with this is uh, this is actually uh, I forgot who did it, but it, it brings us back to what we were saying before. This is Bethel music, Champion. Mm-hmm. I've heard this one before. I, I and I it's amazing what churches are singing this kind of a song, and um, in it. Um, it, you know, it's kind of the same thing, you know, giants fall when you stand undefeated, you know, every battle you've won, I, I am who you say I am. And it goes on and there's a lot, there's, there's some good ideas there. He, he's conquering, 
Okay, um, and then as you go through it though, um, and you kind of, I think you're in a sense, you're kind of let, letting your guard down. And then um, it says, you know, when I lift my voice and shout, this is the, in the bridge later on, when I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority Jesus has given me. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. I have the authority Jesus has given me. When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority, yes, I do. Jesus has given me, when I open my mouth, miracles start breaking out. And it just keeps repeating. And so, you know, going back to the charismatic movement and what they're pushing there, for me, it's a big (laughs) no-no. You know, this is, and I cannot believe the amount of churches that will sing out this stuff together. Are you even considering what you're saying that we can just actively, at will, uh, produce miracles just by speaking? I don't think so. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when you're trying to get your dog to swallow a pill. (laughs) <laughs> and so you you put the pill inside peanut butter, and then the dog just like lips you know, just consumes it so fast it didn't even realize there's a pill in it. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. So like I I would say that I compare CCM in a lot of ways to like sugary or fatty food. I think that it tastes good, right? It but it lacks nourishment. It lacks the the substance that we really should be seeing in music mm. that's directed towards God. And yeah. so I think that's why generally speaking immature believers I'm going to I'm I'm really making We're saying uh, a lot of things today. I'm we're saying a lot of things, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's general Well, I was so I was a huge huge fan of Stephen Stephen Curtis Chapman. Okay. I loved it. I, I loved his songs. I listened to them on repeat. I would listen to them loud. I would listen to my headphones, but like now I cringe. I cringe. Like not all his songs, but like specifically Dive. If anyone else out there has heard Dive, it is it is very shallow and very like it's energetic, but it is there's no substance to that song at all. And it it's just awful. <laughs> so this is kind of the the thing that I'm talking about is like I think immature believers they are just they hear they taste they hear the song and it tastes good but they're not really concerned with just like little kids they'll taste oh it's sugar and they're they just want candy all the time that's all they want or they want uh, you know bacon and they want all the fatty <laughs> foods you know because that's what tastes good all right back off bacon all right <laughs> well anyway so so but I think that's why the older generation, the more mature mm. believers, tend to lean towards hymns because it's more like your fruits and vegetables, right? Uh, it's got, it's, it's a little more, I can say, I'm going to step on everybody's toes. Uh, it's, a, it's a little more bland it, in some cases. Not all hymns. I think there are some really awesome hymns out there, so don't get me wrong. Right, right. But I think that some of them have even become bland over time because mm. we don't understand the language right and they they lack nourishment also because of that and so people they sing it and that's just what they've always sung and there's no uh so another thing about ccm is there tend to be a lot of dy- dynamics there's like a lot of ups and downs and there's like a lot of uh, very variants where like hymns tend to be like very incremental like one note is like the next one is a little higher, mm-hmm. a little higher, and then they build up to the high note, right? Which usually no one can sing, <laughs> especially if it's like an F sharp. It is wealth, my soul. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, man. And, and then, like, you know, you work your way down. And they're very predictable. Very mm-hmm. predictable. And that's yep. what makes them singable. For a lot of congregations, they can sing them because they're predictable. Even if you don't read music, you can just look at the notes and say, well, it's getting a little higher, yes. so I'll just... That's where I'm at. <laughs> and, that's, and that makes it... That's good in a sense, I think. But also yes. in a sense, I, I understand the younger generation that's like, this is boring. You know, and, and it can be if I think you're not mm-hmm. also being energized by the truth of the word of God that you see in it. So there needs to be a balance. And you've said this before between the spirit and the truth, right? I don't know if I said that on this podcast, though. Not on this podcast. Okay, okay. I I think you've talked about music before, though, and like the college group. Sure, yes. And not like like you can't have, you can't have, you know, (laughs) too much truth. but, But like in the sense that you can go too deep, right, theologically, to the point where it becomes very hard to meditate on in a in the form of a song i think the i think the key you know because like too deep right i i would push back against that idea but only only because i think the key is that there just needs to be balanced so like can you really go too deep into studying god right you know is that is there a point where god's not happy oh you've been studying me too much you want to know in song (laughs) in in right in the in the setting of Bible study or in the preaching of the word. Like too much to chew kind of thing? Yeah, I, I think that there can be there can be too much. I think one of the reasons why a lot of the Psalms are smaller and they're very repetitive mm. is because you don't want to focus too on too much at one time. You wanna you wanna emphasize a certain thing. You know, maybe a few things. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm with you on that. I, what, what I was thinking is I, I think I was thinking of it differently when you said it. Um, and I you know the illustration I always use of spirit and truth is that you know spirits like your the emotional side of it. Truth is the doctrinal side of it, and that's how we are to worship. But it's both things. You know, of course, with the woman at the well, John four, the idea was the Samaritans. They didn't have all the truth. They only looked at the first five books of the Bible. Um, the Pentateuch, it's all they had. And then um, they dismissed everything else and they got to have a, a more uh, emotionally uh, motivated worship. And um, so, you know, Christ is kind of like, well, you're half right. <laughs> and then with, you know, the current state of Israel at the time, um, they were pretty much dead in the water. They had the whole Old Testament and everything, but they, they were just, you know, it was burdensome. You know, that's why he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know, what, what was going on? The religious leaders of the day were making unrealistic expectations. They're adding to scripture and things like that. And they're just these, you know, zealous, um, but not in an exciting way. <laughs> they're, they're zealous for their own fame and power and whatnot. And so they had truth, no passion. So I always look at it as, a, a, you know, the ship out in the sea and the rudder would be your truth, your doctrine. The engine would be your passion, your emotion, right? And so I think uh, they need to be balanced. And so sometimes we can have the knowledge that puffs up. Um, we can go that direction when we're only seeking data. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a problem. Um, so then that the data that you are collecting, the doctrine, uh, if you're walking with the Lord, I think there's an um, emotional element that tends to come afterward. It follows. Because when I start to think about the depths of God, um, it gets me wowed. 
It gets me excited for who he is, who I serve, and that I get to be face to face with him. Um, you know, uh, quote unquote, soon. <laughs> Life is a vapor, but it takes a lifetime. You know. Right. <laughs> um, so you know, there's lots of things there. So I, I think there there does need to be a. I think you hit. I want just go back to something you said that was good too, and and that was the understanding of the words. I think there's a lack of explanation. I mean, when you're singing a song that's a you know two three four centuries old uh, or so, then, you know, you probably need to explain a couple things. Yeah, I love Mighty Fortresses Are God, you know, and, you know, Lord Sabaoth, you know, what was that? Lord of Hosts, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, he, in other words, he's the commander-in-chief of the armies of heaven. Um, so then once you understand that, then, oh, that's actually really cool. Uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. When you understand that Martin Luther was on the run, they wanted to kill him, and he uh, is able to hide in a fortress, and this castle, and he's looking around, and he goes, wow, this is like how God is, how he's like this mighty fortress that I can rest in, and things like that, I don't have to worry, right? And so then when you even understand the history of why that song was even made, um, that helps you appreciate things a lot better as well. I think you're absolutely right. Education is lacking, um, and uh, it's a lack of discipleship. I think that there needs to be uh, more often someone that would lead songs, um, knowing that something's out of date, to, to simply say, hey, I know that you you might not know what this is. Let me just explain that. Uh, and I think that would really help people to be energized with the truth. Now now it's that actually is truth. Before it was just big words, archaic words. Now it's truth because <laughs> I understand it, you know. Um, so anyways, yeah, I agree. Yeah, speaking of education, you know, you mentioned that you want to be careful about the source of music. Mm. Um it's it's especially prudent for modern singers who are still here who have a, a current agenda mm. that people might be familiar with that we communicate you know we if you're going to use a song from that particular group you know we don't we don't particularly agree with everything that this song producer would publicly right admit to uh, you know believing but but we do really think that this song is very helpful and appropriate, and there's nothing wrong with this song, at least. Um, you, I think you've mentioned before that there's uh, not really a big problem with that in older songs because yes, there's right. not there's not really as much familiarity. There's not a pull to a different doctrine. Yeah, that's. But but modern, what what, what tends to happen nowadays, especially, is. Um, I really like these folks, the songs they're producing. I'm going to go ahead and Google them. I'm going to check them out. And when you start to see what they're doing, you go, well, these are really good songs. And, you know, it's we're using it and we're a growing church. They have to be good. And so the, now we've associated that. And so now there's a tendency to, to follow what they believe. Uh, we have to be careful because every human being outside of Jesus himself is fallen. You know, they're... Um, they're, they're not perfect. There's corruption. There's we're sinners. You know, uh, depraved is the word you used before. That's correct. And and so you know, even though the sanctification process is bringing us more to the image of Christ, we will never arrive this side of heaven. Um, you know, that's that's glorification when we actually arrive there. And and so we have to just be leery of that. And I, I do think that you know, if there are people that have made major departures, I don't think I don't think that discredits their lifetime of music making. Um, I don't think so. I, I think that you can look at something like a, like reading a book 
and you go, okay, here's a lot of truth. Now, I don't even agree with this book over here, <laughs> but this book is good. And I think that there's a point there where there needs to be a unified church decision. There needs to be a pastor shepherding that decision-making process and getting people to understand what's important. Um, and that's a, it's, a, it's something that you need to grow through. It's not just like a box that you can put a bunch of rules in and everybody fits inside it nice and neat. Uh, it's not necessarily the case. And so I think what's really good about a discussion like this is as people listen in, uh, you hear a lot of ideas. You're going to search the scriptures to see if these things are true. Um, you know, is there any, any um, value here? Is there any honor? Is, is it glorifying God to do things better this way or that way? And, and really analyze what we're doing. And when you see something in your church that you think that maybe is not scriptural, um, I would take the approach of love and uh, meekness. And I would go to a person and say, uh, I was curious about these things. And just ask questions. And if there's something that is a red flag because you know scripture, then share that scripture. And um, if things aren't progressing, you can pray for them. Uh, as, as the church discipline goes, uh, at the right time, bring someone alongside you. Talk to them, say, do you think this is, am I, am I crazy? <laughs> and then maybe bring them alongside and say, hey, pastor, you know, we're, we're kind of concerned here. And, and don't, don't try to cause a church split. You know, don't, don't try to make a big wave, but we are admonishing because we love. And that should be the that should be the motivation, even like Galatians six. You know, after all the harsh words that were appropriate in the book of Galatians, at the end of it, what what was the final word? We got to restore each other to mm-hmm. Christ. That's what it's all about. Uh, so we want we want to be helpful in this. Um, I've, there's just way too much um, just discord among believers, which is one of the things that God hates the most. Right. Uh, we, we want to avoid that. We want truth, but we're not going to, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. And we're not going to be unloving about it either. You want to spend more time thinking about unity of the church. A lot of the texts you mentioned are really good, but the one that's helped me the most is First John. The whole book is written with the purpose in mind that the believers would have fellowship with God, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and other believers. Yep. So, I mean, that, that one's kind of like my... My baby. I know it's your main book. <laughs> I, I, I love First John, man. It's 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 affected me in such a positive and, and beneficial way. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's scripture. It's scripture. Right. So that's, that's unsurprising. That. <laughs> it's unsurprising. I always say that I know everyone's favorite book of the Bible. It's the one they've studied the most or the most recently. Mm-hmm. That's always the favorite book. So with you, it rings true. First John, you studied that one a lot. So it's good. You mentioned before to me that you don't really like the term worship leader. Oh yes, I'm glad you brought that back up. Um, yeah, that's uh, I um, I get a little aggravated with that one. So so here's the idea, you know, uh, there's a few terms that kind of go hand in hand here, but like worship leader, worship pastor, uh, worship team, that kind of thing. And I know there's a bazillion churches that use those terms, and there's even churches that I think are good. Um, and uh, even with my ministry, I go to churches that that. <laughs> Um, that use these terms. And so I, I, you know, by no means am I being hateful. By no means am I uh, saying you're utterly wrong. I just think that, I honestly think the biggest thing is people haven't really thought about it. I I think it's all it is. They just haven't thought about it. And so just to kind of put it out there to expose it, you know, so like the worship pastor, you know, shouldn't all pastors be facilitating the proper and frequent worship of God? Um, I don't think that's a secluded thing because if there's one worship pastor and there are other pastors well what are the other ones doing <laughs> is that they, they're not 
helping with worship? You know, what, what, what's going on there? Um, and then you have, you know, uh, the other terms, you know, lead, worship leader, leading worship. Well, usually that tends to just be music. Same thing with the worship team. It's just music. And so why is someone that's a worship team or worship leader, why are they sitting down and quitting before the church, the corporate church service is dismissed? The whole, the whole thing should be worship together. Mm-hmm. Every bit of it, the prayer time, the giving time, the preaching time, I think preaching above all, actually. Um, and of course, music is a part of that. Uh, the, the, the um, you know, I, I could say fellowship time, but I mean that in the more uh, colloquial sense. Communion. Uh, yes, Bapt- yes. Baptisms. I, I think that's, you know, where, you know, people are building into each other by, by communication, talking, and right, right, you know, even before or after the service, that kind of thing. That could be an act of worship. It depends on how it's done. Um, it depends on what's going on. You know, greet one another with a holy kiss, right? You know, there are things like that that are, that are common commands. That's another episode. Yeah, I culturally understand that one. But, um, so, the, you know, the idea is that you, you are actually building relationships, um, perhaps mending relationships. You know, there's all sorts of things that are happening there. Uh, that would be acts of worship as I'm putting myself below God uh, and loving the one that bears his image. You know, that, that sort of a thing. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it just it's a little bit bothersome to me. But I think that really it's just that they haven't thought about it. Um, so just maybe there should be a little bit of a correction there. Because everything that we do should be some form of worship. Even just enjoying God's creation, I worship him in that way as well. Um, because I'm submitting that he is the creator and, and what his purposes for creating. And even that he reveals himself partially uh, through that creation. And just the ability he's given me with, you know, taste buds and, you know, enjoying the sunshine and, you know, everything else. God's done all that, you know. So there's an act of worship when I praise and thank him for it even. Um, so a little bit of a soapbox, so I'll, but I'll stop there because that's gets the point across. <laughs> no, I appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate it. Um, there's one more question I'd like to ask, um, kind of pick your brain on. Something that I think is important. Uh, some people have kind of been like, well, you know, maybe it's not important. But... I think a lot of people ask this question at some point in their lives, is music moral? Because if it is, then it would seem that we have a responsibility to essentially break down what what are the essential elements of music that make it moral or I want to say good or bad. Let's let's put it that way. Sure. But I'm talking about its morality. Um, not just the quality. I'm talking about like, is this music that is what is it like sinful? We'll sinful. Use that word. Yeah, that's okay. sin, this is sinful music, and this is righteous music. This is morally upright I think music. It's a good distinction to make. It makes it more clear. Yeah, more cut and dry. Yeah, I I would say that really what um, if I were to say in a conversation, I say you know what I think that music is not honoring to God. Then usually I get challenged with something like. Um, you know, hit a key on a piano, is that good or evil? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, mm, okay, <laughs> you know, or, or is this particular instrument is it inherently evil? Right. No, I don't think so. I don't think that particular uh, key, pitch, volume, an instrument, right? There's, there's, you know, there's some of these things that are not inherently evil at all. I think what it really comes down to is choice. Um, so why I'm choosing something, why I'm doing it. Um, I, I think that, that that's where morality comes into it because we're going back to the idea that everything God has designed is good. Mm-hmm. Everything. 
we are not coming up with something that God never thought of. <laughs> you know, when we do anything, God's not like, whoa, would you looky there? <laughs> you know, no, he's very aware of all the good possibilities of his creation. He's also very aware of all the potential perversions of his creation. Um, you know, it kind of goes back to the, you know, tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? He just, it's um, not necessarily evil to know things, but anyways, I think what it's all about is um, time, place, use, purpose, things like that. Uh, we would all agree that there is good things that are not fitting in every circumstance, you know. Um, and so we kind of talked a little bit about that with the driver and the car kind of thing, you know, uh, something like that. I, I think that um, the choice to use a certain music, uh, musical style, something like that. I'll also stick with that one because lyrics is obvious, but more more so obvious. Um, but the musical style and things. Um, why am I using it? How am I using it? Uh, when am I using it? You know, if I were to have a funeral service and um, there there is an appropriate style of music that's there. Now, you can have a happy song, but at the right time in mm -hmm. the funeral service. Um, and, of course, it also goes along with, you know, who died, what's the family like, things like that, you know. And so you, you have, you know, appropriate times and places. It could be evil because you're not loving your neighbor in that sense even. There's so many different ways to look at this. Um, I don't think that you can make a choice and it be amoral. In other words, mm -hmm. totally absent of uh, a good or evil. It, it's one is black or white. That's yeah. it. And that, that's where I come down on that, really. Um, so, you know, drums, right? <laughs> There's, it helps. It can help you keep rhythm. It can help you stay on track. Um, you can have uh, a certain emphasis that really helps us to understand something better. However, uh, drums very easily, I think this is the, kind of the obvious one you pick on, right? Um, very easily, it can get you just totally into the flesh. Um, I always try to uh, you know, tell people, like, especially youth groups kind of things that I, that I teach and you know, say, look, if, if, it's, if it's moving your behind before it's moving your heart, yeah, that that's a big problem. <laughs> um, yeah, there there's you know there's dance, which is a natural, physical ramification of music, which could be simply clapping the hands, tapping the feet, you know, something like that, hopping in a circle. You know, doesn't have to be the um, bump and grind that's happening in the club. You know, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but there's a natural physical reaction to things. Um, but if that's what's taking over, if if you're saying, hey. I love this song, and then analyze your statement. Wait, what do you love about it? Right. Is it because it articulates who God is uh, better than you thought to before you knew the song? Is it help you to speak truth to your neighbor, to God, uh, to, to represent who he is? Or is it kind of really because, man, I like that beat. Uh, I, I like that rhythm. Oh man, I love I love singing it because of the way it rhymes so well, you know, yeah. or something. Uh, so I think just we have to analyze all those things because there really is no amoral choice. Right, I agree with you completely. I think just to add maybe a more music focus. You were focusing, I think, a lot on how the music affects people and the choices that they make as far as what they expose themselves to and what they choose to sing themselves. I think that's right on. I think that a lot of people will choose to focus on the music itself 
and try to purify, so to speak, the music mm. um, instead of focusing on themselves and purifying themselves and realizing that when they are pure, when they are righteous, when they are holy, all they want to listen to is appropriate music. So mm. I don't think that to be more direct, I know that you probably said this, but to be more direct, I think that music, as far as sound waves flowing through the air or notes on a page is not moral. It's not moral at all. No more moral than a chair is. You know, a chair, you can bash someone over the head with it and kill them. Right. Or you can sit and sit at it and, you know, have a podcast. Cool. Or you can, you can, you know, have someone sit in it and be hospitable to them. Um, I like to use the example of, like, a promiscuous statue, Right. I think that things that are moral will be condemned for their immorality. So people and angels are moral beings. And when we get to the throne room, uh, throne of Christ, and he says, you know, why should I let you into heaven? It's based off of, you know, or why should, or why are you going to go to hell? It's because of what we've done or what Christ has done. Right. It's, we are moral beings and therefore we can be judged by our moralness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The statue of a pr- promiscuous woman is not going to go to hell for its promiscuity. However, the sculptor, he had a choice. We we're talking about choices. Yeah. His choice to sculpt a promiscuous statue, I think that that's a moral choice. The individual who chooses to put it up in their art museum to to put it where people can see it that person is making a moral choice the person who decides to look at it to lust in his heart mm. or her heart and sin those are those are moral individuals who are making a decision to do something that's contrary to the the law and will of god right and so i think that when you're considering music there's a lot of music out there, right? Especially in this generation, maybe back when we didn't have computers and whatnot. We, we weren't really exposed to music as much. But now, we're this flooded everything. All the time, yes. Right? And then music isn't the only thing. But we have choices. And there's lots of good stuff out there, and there's lots of bad stuff out there. Not from a moral, like, a, like that is objectively bad kind of thing, but it is communicating as i said before i think music communicates and it has been produced by somebody who's communicating poorly or is communicating mm-hmm. in an immoral way yeah does that make sense kind yeah, of it does yeah yeah i think it's good so that's kind of the way i look at it maybe maybe in uh, the next time we talk about music we can break that down a little bit more uh be sure to send us some some questions uh, i've got an email questioningapathy at gmail.com so if you've got any questions about this we covered a lot of different things some of them better than others if you've got (laughs) some input whatever you want to shoot some questions our way we would love that Hmm. joel how can people get a hold of you well uh i guess easiest simplest thing is just brainsandbibles.com and all the avenues are there i have my own uh podcasts uh that kind of thing too but that's not my big deal it's just um a helpful tool but uh, yeah, the email and things are all on there. You can contact me, questions as well and whatnot. So uh, either way, it'd be good. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. 
Um, as always, we'd like to direct you to the theme verse of our podcast, which is Romans 12, 9 through 11. It says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Mm-hmm.